The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Footballers DFS podcast with your hosts Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. It is November fourth. I just checked the date. I'm Kyle Borgannoni here against Footballers DFS podcast, and I am joined as always by Matthew, father, podcaster, and friend Betts. In that order. All of the above, yes, sir, and we've got to include, I think, happy Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, of course, it's Friday. We're recording this on Thursday. I'm stressed, man. We got the Eagles on Thursday night. We got the Phillies who just got no hit <laughs> on Wednesday, so that was not fun. But they have a chance to go ahead three two in the series. So, you know, people know me. I'm a, I'm a Philly sports fan. You'll know how I'm feeling today on Friday based off what happens on Thursday night. Well, you're going to feel fine about the Eagles. I'm not, I know you're not worried about that. But I went through the mental process of the person. I saw I saw this on Twitter. Someone put $100,000. Did you see this bet? No. On Brandon Marsh to hit a home run in that game yesterday. Why? I don't know. And I got so stressed going through the emotions of betting on someone who was batting ninth in that game in a game that they were no hit to not just get a hit. Not just get on base, but to hit a home run, $100,000 down the drain bets. What would you be telling Monica right now? I don't. Th- I think I would just pack my bags and get ready to leave. I don't even think I would try to have the conversation. <laughs> just like, all right, we, we both know where this is going. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll see you later. I mean, did you? Re- you'd have to have your girls grow up without a father because they could tell their friends one day, hey, my dad left because he lost $100,000 on a game betting on a one, play- one home run. Oh, uh, what a prop. What a prop. And the fact that that is who he chose to bet on, I mean, it's just... Right. What are you doing, buddy? Right. No, there, there's so many different levels of, of why that's just painful and painful to think about. But in better news, we have a little bit of an announcement. I uh, 
I stole Mike just for that one little bit. I told him to come in here. Mike, will you, would you would you do that again, Mike? It it might be my favorite sound drop that we have. Um, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's literally a second and a half long of just Mike just you know doing his own. Mic. It's called Mike's Horn in, in our drop system. But a little bit of announcement. This upcoming Monday, Betts and I will be live on our Discord channel. We wanted to hang out with the people. And on Monday night, our Ravens play at the Saints. And so what we wanted to do is hop on Discord this next Monday, 3 p.m. Pacific time or 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. So time changes this week, and it's really throwing me off. I know it throws you off here in Arizona because we don't follow the rules, apparently. I mean, uh, I never know if you guys are two hours behind or three, so I just always I talk to you in Eastern Time because I know you're kind of used to it. But, yes, for those <laughs> that need to look it up, it's 5 Eastern. That's all that matters, 5 Eastern. You make your adjustments wherever you live. Yes, and we'll be talking through slate specific stuff with that showdown game ravens at saints i mean there's some players that we've talked about a ton this year including my boy chris olave but yeah we'll just go through the game you know 30 45 minutes we'll be live you and i so if you are part of the discord channel if you have the dfs pass if you're a foot clan member uh we just want to hang out with you guys so we'll be live getting to talk through that game talk through what how we're constructing our lineup including i mean you and i are going to live construct the winning lineup uh, for the for the week, so what could be better than getting on that action? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna construct the Millie Maker lineup for that game, so it'll be fun. Um, we've been talking about doing this for a little while, and people always ask, like, when is the Monday Night Showdown content coming out? And the DFS Pass has been awesome this year. Our listeners have been so good. Um, we just thought there's a lot of momentum with it, and we're having a ton of fun. And we just said, you know what, let's let's do it. Let's throw out an extra little show here. So it is. It's gonna be live. So if you miss it, you miss it. You got to be there. Five o'clock Eastern. Get up in Discord. Yes, and if you want to get all of our picks, you can go to DFSPass.com. As we mentioned, we've lowered the price. You can save with the promo code DFSPOD, and we think that it can pay for itself swimmingly within a week. And then you also get access to the Discord channel, which has the premium props. And we now have a pretty cool little feature in there that people get to be notified if they want to be notified for the DFS Pass alerts, including a couple of props that we're going to talk about later on in the show. So good times. Great oldies. I mean, what what could be better than this group here, Bets? I mean, nothing. Let's be real. All right, let's talk about our cash picks. Straight cash, homie. I was thinking about Bob Frost when uh, when I was thinking about this slate and I'm thinking about you? quarterbacks. Yeah, well, Bob Frost. You know, he talked about there's two roads and there's one less less traveled. And sure. I'm kind of asking myself, between these two roads at quarterback this week, which one is going to be less traveled? And I don't have the answer yet. It, in DraftKings, there's two options, right? I think there's three, technically. Whoa. I'm warming, I'm warming up to the idea of Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about Rodgers in detail in uh, a minute. We're going to talk about the Lions and Packers game stack. But the, what you were speaking to is what we talked about on Tuesday. Spend up for Josh Allen. He's 8,500. There's not much to say. 30-point implied total. It's Josh Allen. He's averaging 30.1 DraftKings points per game this year. Absolutely unreal. So clearly, he's the best play if you had all the money in the world. The thing is, I want to play Austin Eckler. I want to play these 6K wide receivers. Tight end is terrible. Like there's, It's such a weird slate that I feel like Josh Allen is right. But at the same time, I can definitely see the argument in going down to Justin Fields, who's the bottom of the barrel price range here at 5.3. So right now, Justin Fields is in for me. 
I have trepidation about that. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's a little worry that the bottom will fall out eventually for Chicago. But he's been running a ton, top uh, eight in season-long leagues for weekly scoring for quarterback three weeks in a row. Miami is still dealing with a ton of injuries in their secondary. Um, so I, I lean that way, but can you help me decide? Because I'm still struggling right now. So I was thinking about that Bills game and thinking about other than Josh Allen, do you think that there will be any other pieces on the Bills side that will be popular in cash? Um, I think some people will play Steph Diggs just because he's been so good, but he's not going to push, you know, some weeks he pushes like 30% in cash or even higher. Right. I don't think he'll push that. That That's what has me curious about this because normally we would say, okay, I want a piece of the team that has the highest team implied total on the slate. But if you're not playing Josh Allen, I feel like it's one of those situations where people won't be playing any other bills. And therefore, you won't feel the hit as much. Like people aren't going to be fully stacking. I don't think people are going to be stacking Allen and Diggs as much in cash as we've done in the past, just be based on the, the slate context. So I don't think Fields can burn you. I do think he will end up being the most popular quarterback on the slate, though, because of the rest of the rosters, how you want to pay up for a couple wide receivers. So that's a massive savings, right? Twenty two hundred wait, no, thirty two hundred dollars between those goes a long way. So those are our two quarterbacks, and based on how you do that, you go different directions. I do like Aaron Rodgers on FanDuel at 7K. I think he's a great value there. I only wrote up two cash quarterbacks on FanDuel, Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Like I, I don't really want anyone to go anywhere else. So give me the case for Rodgers on DK, though. Yeah, I mean, he's 5,900, so he's really a decent value. He's I've played him zero times this year, total, <laughs> at all. And I haven't even looked his way at all, but... You just look at what opposing offenses are doing against Detroit, specifically when Detroit is playing at home. They are giving up 27-plus points to every offense they face. The over is hit in every game that Detroit has played at home. If ever there was a get-right spot for Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense, it is this game because that's how bad Detroit is. They just fired their secondary coach this week, uh, allowing 8.1 yards per attempt is laughably bad. So, Rodgers has burned Detroit in his career two plus touchdown passes in every game except for two of them going back to 2014. It just feels like you know what you're going to get this week from the Packers offense, which is success. I'd be surprised if Rodgers comes out and all of a sudden throws for 350 and three, but can he get you, you know, 270 and two, something like that in this matchup and be perfectly safe for cash games? I certainly think so. I'm going to play a little game real quick with Aaron Rodgers. What is his season high in passing yards? I'm going to say. 251. Oh, you were close. It was 255. So you're close. The reason I was so close, you know I knew that? Why? We took the under on his passing yards last week. It was laughable where they put the line against Buffalo. It was like 246 and a half, and I wrote it up. Oh, I was like, he's cleared this twice all season. So, yeah, he has not done it yet this year. All right. How many games does he have with three touchdowns? Zero. How many times has he – this is most important for what we're talking about in cash – how many times is he 3 x on his salary? Not 4 x 3 x on his salary. I'm going to go once. Zero. Oh, no. Okay. Like, and just like that, I'm off Rodgers in cash. Well, the problem with <laughs> Rodgers is you don't have a 300-yard game to be, to boost that, you know, to, to say, all right, I'm getting three extra points. He hasn't thrown three touchdowns. So it makes sense. This is the matchup, though, if they're ever going to do it. So I'm I'm fine on FanDuel. On DraftKings, I'm pretty much between those two as of right now, but uh, we'll talk about that game in a second and see where you want to stack. At running back this week, 
I have six guys I like, and I can only play three. Is it a three running back build type of week? It feels like it because, yeah, you mentioned six. I mean, I could even push seven running backs that I would play in cash that I think are viable this week. So, again, it looks like a running back slate that there's so many good plays, um, and I want to play them. I really want to try to get up to Eckler. I really want to try to play guys like Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon, all those things. It becomes really tough to do that when you spend up for for Josh Allen, and that's where I'm stuck. But, yes, it does feel like a three-running back slate. Those values are just insanely strong this week. In the 6K range, we have Ramondre Stevenson at 6.2. Uh, right now, Damian Harris isn't practicing with illness. Travis Etienne at 6.3 and Joe Mixon at 6.5. I personally like Mixon the best of that group. How are you leaning? I mean, if we assume, well, we shouldn't assume. If Damian Harris is out, for me, it's Ramondre. We've seen him just have an unreal workload, not only rushing, but He's second on the team in targets behind only Jacoby Myers. And on DraftKings, that matters so much. So to me, if Damian Harris is out, it would be Ramondre Stevenson. The way it sits right now, I lean Travis Etienne. We talked about him on Tuesday. Just at 6.3, he's playing 80% of the snaps and seeing 88% of the running back carries. Essentially, no one else is touching the football in the backfield. Um, and now they get the Raiders. And we just saw what Alma Kamara did to them last week. So to me, it would be Travis Etienne the way things stand right now. But if uh, Damian Harris is out... Eileen Ramondre for a hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat. I, I still can't fully buy into ETN, and part of that is just my own priors of the Jaguars and him being a small running back and them not throwing him the ball as much as I want them to. Like if, if I knew he was getting like DeAndre Swift level involvement, like all right, there's four to five receptions and fifteen carries. Like I would love that even more than twenty plus carries from ETN, but uh He's a great value this week. If I am paying up, I am prioritizing Austin Eckler on both sites. He's just too good. He's 9,400 on FanDuel. He's in my lineup right now. Just too involved. 7.6 receptions per game against Atlanta. And with Eckler, you can look at like rushing metrics for the other team, or you could just think about him as this guy is getting this many touches, and this is what it's translating into for fantasy. And when you put that into his price, there's really no one else that can touch that. And on DraftKings, full PPR site, he's great. So I think if you have fields in your lineup, you can pay up for someone like Eckler against the Falcons. Uh, although Chargers, we'll talk about Josh Palmer in a second. Like He's going to be popular too. Let me mention one more name. Aaron Jones on both sites is enticing. 7.4 on DraftKings, 7.8 on FanDuel. He had a four-touchdown game against the Lions last year. Are you interested? Very interested, especially on FanDuel. I think he's a lock over there at 7.8, just an unreal value. I still think he's a great play on DraftKings. It's just, again, money gets pretty tight on the slate. So if you're playing through running backs, which I am trying to do, and I can get, you know, ETN, Eckler, and then spend down for like Mixon or Mondre, it's it the savings go a long way. You're basically saving $1,000 to go down to those guys. And that goes a long, long way. That said, I'm going to be playing at least one lineup with Aaron Jones this week. The matchup is incredible, and he's just been insanely efficient in 18 and 25 opportunities in the last two weeks. It seems like the Green Bay Packers are kind of, kind of figuring out, like, we need to get him the ball no matter what every week. That's our best chance to win. The matchup is absolutely incredible. We'll talk about that game in a second because I think he's more interesting, like you mentioned, in tournaments and correlating him with Amon Ra. Last little conversation with running back. We don't know Jonathan Taylor's final status. He hasn't practiced the last couple of days. On FanDuel only, Deion Jackson's only 5K 
So for a running back to be 5K on FanDuel, that is way, way down there. It's not normal. If you knew that Taylor was out, do you need that salary savings this week? Because there's no other like huge values yet this week. So on FanDuel at 5K, are you interested? Yeah, we had a question come in for the mailbag from Marcus Dixon on Twitter. He wants to know this question, like, how do you handle him if JT's out? I don't think JT plays based off what they're saying and how he's trended, mispracticed uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And we also have to remember no Naheem Hines, right? He was just traded. But they have the lowest team total on the slate. They're on the road in New England. I feel like they're going to say, you know what, Sam Ellinger, go ahead and beat us. And so, yeah, he's fine on FanDuel. For cash, he would be a no-brainer fade for me in GPPs, even with the savings. I just don't think you need it on FanDuel. Their pricing is insanely soft. Yeah, if we didn't get that 10 reception game from him on uh, that Thursday night, then I think we wouldn't be you know, thinking at all about this. That was an overtime game, if you remember. So uh, things are a little bit more extended. But he's interesting at that price. At wide receiver, Tyreek Hill continues to be somebody that's popping in the models in our points per dollar. He's the dude. His price didn't change on DraftKings. Are you paying up? <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's what, what do you even say about the guy, right? Like the guy's on pace to set the single season record breaking Calvin Johnson's record. So I don't know why they didn't change his price. He just hung 188 yards on the Lions last week. Granted, it is a air quotes tougher matchup, but he's Tyree Kill, and they're going to scheme him the ball. So, yes, if you can get to him with the salary that he's at, then he is a standout play for sure this week. Yeah, you have to pay up, so you do feel it when you put him in your roster. Like, okay, 8500 Still a great price on FanDuel, even better. 8700 we love that. Chris Godwin is turning into one of my favorite plays of the week, and I know we have the narrative. We have Tom's Oh, it's not a narrative, t-shirt. Kyle. It's, it's a fact. So when we talked about Tom's T-shirt a month ago, and it was reported that he showed up to practice in a t-shirt. Was it the Godwin shirt? We don't have confirmation of that. Oh, we do. We have, we have visual proof of when that happened. That same game, when he did that, Chris Godwin saw 12 targets. Also, in the same week, not the same team, obviously, but in the same week, Joe Burrow shows up with a Jamar Chase jersey on. What do you know? He goes off for three touchdowns. The quarterback wide receiver swag model is what I'm calling it is 100% hit rate this year. Tom Brady, on Thursday at his press conference, is wearing the Chris Godwin t-shirt. If that doesn't mean 12 targets is coming Chris Godwin's way, I don't know what does. Chris Godwin kills zone coverage. And the Rams are some of the most heavy zone, uh, zone-heavy zone teams in the league. So <laughs> We got there. Zone. Yeah. Uh, 6.2, he's great there. 6.7 on FanDuel. So I think he's a priority on both. Talk to me about Josh Palmer. Have you felt any different since we talked on Tuesday, knowing that Eckler is looking like a better and better play? Yeah, I think you can play both guys, honestly. I mean, Mike Williams is out. He's vacating a 20% target share. And Keenan Allen, I mean, this is so sad because I was so excited to play him this week, is unlikely to play with the hamstring issue that apparently got worse during the bye week when he was trying to, to rehab and train. So I don't think he plays. That means Josh Palmer is going to play basically every snap in a dream matchup, Atlanta allowing the most yards and receptions to wide receivers. And we know that they're going to throw the football, the Chargers will. So I think you can play both guys at 5.1K. I think Palmer is an extremely strong cash play. I'm trying to find the argument to fade him in GPPs because we do know he will be popular. Yes, we'll talk about that game too, Chargers and Falcons. My Falcons, man, somehow, some way, are just in the conversation. 
You know they rank sixth in the league in points per game? I do know that. I just wrote that up in the Vegas report a couple days did, ago. Did you have to Absolutely double check shocked. it? What's yeah. that? You had to double check it? Oh, triple. Yeah. I, I, I realized something, Betts, because we're talking about Keenan Allen, and I had this deep, deep epiphany about Amon Ra. Okay? Amon Ra is your Keenan Allen in the sense of you have a slot yes. wide receiver who is dependable, you know he's going to get targets, and went on a major touchdown run. I don't know if you remember, Keenan Allen's sophomore year had something like that where he just went bananas on touchdown. And he's not really been a touchdown guy ever since. Some people look at Keenan Allen and go, oh, he's fine. And I play in PPR leagues, and I'm just so used to, like, okay, I'm getting these points. You're going to get those games from Amon Ross sometimes where he goes 6 for 60. And he doesn't get in the end zone because he gets the low 8-out targets, but he's that dependable. So I'm coming around to the fact that it's okay that you like him. Okay, good. I'm glad we got there. It's been a little bit of a rough month for the Amon Ra truthers because of the injury. Then he left with the concussion that was a, a concussion. But there's no TJ Hawkinson, who very quietly, 18% target share in this offense, also running his routes over the middle of the field where Amon Ra runs his. We think the Packers are going to have success. So we think the Lions are going to be forced to throw the football. Dan Campbell is talking about DeAndre Swift playing too much. So he could see less work. Like, where's the ball going? It has to go to Amon Ra. And in his four fully healthy games that he started and finished, not including the one game that he played before the bye where he was in and then uh, limited in his snaps, in the four fully healthy games, 12, 12, 9, and 10 targets, it's hard to beat that in cash games. So you're telling me, with TJ Hawkinson gone, that opens up a huge opportunity for punt play of the week, James Mitchell of the Lions. We'll talk about him. Are we really? We're going to talk about him. I was so excited to just bring up his name. I can't wait to talk about it. He's a nobody, uh, fifth-round rookie. but He's man, somebody now. I know. It's, in DFS, that's the weird world we're in. And then a couple other plays I'll mention. Romeo Dobbs, still cheap. If Lazard is out, Dobbs is even more interesting. On FanDuel, we talked about him on Raw. Gabe Davis is a major. like He's just priced way down on a touchdown-dependent site. He's only 6.6, .6, so on FanDuel, he's interesting. And then I mentioned Curtis Samuel on Tuesday. A lot of touches at 5.6. You could do worse. All right. We're at tight end. It's a gross slate. We have no Andrews. We have no Kelsey. Zach Ertz is kind of the tight end one if you just want to pay up. 5.1 and 6.6 .6 on FanDuel. Do it if you want some safety. But we're not all about that life. We're about that punt tight end life bets. So I'm looking at Foster Moreau at 3.2 if Darren Waller is out. Or I'm looking at James Mitchell at 2.5. Talk to me. <laughs> oh, man. I love these tight end slates. Yeah, for context, you know, there is no Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. Uh, well, maybe. But Waller might play. We're assuming out right now. Of course, if he's in, Foster Moreau is not in play. But there's no elite tight ends that can really separate. And Zach Ertz is the tight end one. That is the context of the slate. You will not find me paying more than 4K for a, t a tight end on the slate. I'm going to try my hardest to spend as little money as possible this week. So right now I have Foster Moreau in. Obviously, we need to monitor Darren Waller with the hamstring. But yeah, I mean, James Mitchell could be in play for me only if uh, Brock Wright is out. He is currently in concussion protocol, so we need to see if he clears. If he doesn't clear, it is James Mitchell. People don't know who this guy is. He actually averaged 18 yards per reception in college. I have no idea if that's going to translate at all. But you could pay 2.5 for him. He could give you one catch for like 12 yards. And because of the, sa the savings that he provides you, 
That's really all that matters. That's the kind of the theory and the thesis behind like playing Sam Ellinger last week was just what does he let you do for your roster? That's what he would provide for you. What if what if he got like one for fourteen though? Oh, pants off. <laughs> that's what he's done so far this season. That's his season total so far. One for fourteen. Yes. He has played, yeah. let me see, I just I just wrote it down actually. Snaps snaps are pretty low. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't played more than six snaps in a game yet this year. Yeah. So Brock Wright was in concussion protocol. He's going to be the starting tight end if he plays, but uh we need to monitor that. If he plays, I'm not playing James Mitchell if Brock Wright is in. Are you playing uh, Brock Wright? I'm interested. We had a Brock like, Wright week, uh, I think it was last week, or last I, year, I mean. It was like week 15 or something was Brock Wright Yeah, week. he was terrible. Yeah, yeah, and then we just don't care. James Mitchell, I know this is James Mitchell podcast now, was a Wildcat quarterback at one point in college. Too. Yes. So he's got some wiggle, and that's what we want. Were you grinding the tape? Yes, and did I, like, you know, pick him up in my dynasty leagues just to, you know, have, like, a tight end floor? So did I. Just so chilling? did I. Okay. The weekly meetings are starting for James Mitchell truthers. <laughs> I put out a little tweet about Terrace Marshall truthers because Jason traded for him, a.k.a. Lockjaw. And uh, yes. let's just say the truthers for Terrace Marshall, we're still meeting at an abandoned Kmart. We don't have a really good facility yet. <laughs> it's, uh, we have no snacks, oh, no coffee. Kmart. It's a, it's a rough, rough group. But, yeah, tight end is gross. On FanDuel, you can play Robert Tunyon. He's actually priced down. Dawson Knox is priced down. They're TD-dependent guys, but at 5K and 5.1, like that's just way too cheap for what they can do. So I like both those plays, uh, but, oh man, a good punt play on DraftKings is, is what I'm here for. All right, finish up at defense. We talked a lot on uh, Tuesday about Seattle. The last three weeks, they have just been unreal. They have been dominant on defense. We're going to talk about that game the Seattle Arizona game stack here in a few minutes. My lean right now though, is to go down even cheaper. If I need to, I'm okay with either. They're 2.5. They've been great. Arizona is still dealing with injuries in the offensive line, but I really think I'm going to play Carolina. And it's not because I think Carolina is a good defense. It's just that the Bengals offensive line is one of the worst in football. And only Justin Fields has taken more sacks than Joe Burrow. If they can get you four or five points, six points, you just get out of there and move on. I'm fine with it, and I think people will probably ask us the question, can you play Joe Mixon against the Carolina defense in a tournament? I am not. In cash, if it lets the rest of your lineup work, I'm fine with it. I was about to ask that question because right now, that's what I have in my lineup. I have Joe Mixon. I have the Panthers. But I think the Seahawks are a great play. I think the Bucks are fine at 3K against Matthew Stafford, uh, another uh, buddy that loves loves the sacks, loves the turnovers. He's got a more I mean, the offensive the- line, dude. Woof. Yeah, it's funny the quarterbacks that we like for fantasy like we like that Stafford they have pass rate up really high we love the fact that Burrow does that but Burrow leads league and yards lost on sacks like kills drives like more than you would think with Joe Burrow we mentioned that a lot last year too so yeah pay down at defense that's what you need to do all right before we talk about the next games let's take a quick break The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. 
This Week Bets. We have three beautiful, beautiful games to talk about. And I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty excited to talk about this first one. Stack Attack. The Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. We talked earlier in the week that this would probably be the most popular game on the slate, and I'm still seeing that it's going to be that way. But there are a lot, a lot of paths for this game to fail. A lot of paths where we saw it a couple weeks ago. What was it? Week six. It was 19 to nine. It was just inefficient. It was an inefficient game from the Cardinals. So, from a projection standpoint, it feels really simple on the Cardinals side. Like you're playing skinny stacks with Kyler. You're stacking Kyler and Hopkins, or maybe you know you're throwing in Zach Ertz. And I'm not really trying to get too cute with Rondale. Uh, it just seems pretty straightforward. And then you bring it back with Ken Walker or somebody else. Is this game a trap, though, to hit the over? So I went into this week thinking about fading this game just based off the fact that you look at the on, you know, you log in, you see green next to these guys because of the matchups on DraftKings or FanDuel or wherever you play. And then you realize like, okay, well, yeah, a couple weeks ago when these teams played in week six, um, the game was 19 to nine. The Cardinals didn't score an offensive touchdown. And they only had a field goal and a defensive uh, touchdown was their only one scored. So the game massively failed on the main slate, clearly went under the total. But then I looked at the underlying metrics for the game and it kind of seems like it was just bad variance from a field goal perspective. These teams both uh, ran a ton of plays combined for 137. That is massive. They ranked second and third in pace of play on the week when these two teams played. And that was when the Cardinals offense in general was struggling since DeAndre Hopkins came back. This is going to be a big shocker. They've been a lot better. Kyler is 10th in EPA per drop back in the last two weeks with Hopkins in there. So I went in ready to fade it, but now I'm kind of excited about it. And I think we've been talking about the Seattle Seahawks defense. They've been great. If the Seahawks defense is going to be popular, I would like to play this game stack to get massive leverage on it in tournaments. Yeah, I'm going to wait until Friday in our roster percentage report to see how popular Seahawks is because, you know, if they're 15 to 20 percent, which, you know, the top three or four defense usually end up around 10 plus percent, then they're an easy fade for me in tournaments. Uh, their rookies have been incredible, though. The rookies on the outside, Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, uh, which is a fun name to be able to say that there's a Kobe Bryant in the NFL. Uh, they've been elite. They've been elite over the last couple of weeks. So this game is also weird because Ken Walker, depending on the site, it's like a completely different conversation. On DraftKings, he's 6,200. He's the RB10. On FanDuel, he's the RB4. So how you're handling Walker, who was very lucky to get in the end zone last week. Yeah, and he's run pretty hot on touchdown efficiency as well. He scored in this game when they played. If you remember, it was the first game that he played without Rashad Penny, and he became super chalky. And the early runs that I did for the roster percentage report, he's at about 20%. So again, he looks popular. And the thing is, the entire game looks popular. When I was just looking through, you got Geno coming in around like 10 or 11%. Lockett and DK both north of 13%. And then I just said Ken Walker at 20%. So people are playing the Seahawks in this spot. Um, it's tough to know how to handle it. You know, there's so many running backs that I like. We talked about Ramondre at the same price point. We talked about Joe Mixon just for a couple hundred dollars uh, more expensive. Um, Travis Etienne. So I feel like one of these guys in that low 6K range is going to kind of get squeezed as far as who people play. So I'm going to monitor what happens here kind of as the week goes on with Ken Walker. If the field is massively on him and correlating with like the Seahawks defense, I kind of want to fade it. But 
it's a good spot for him. He's seeing a ton of work. He's running a ton of routes. Even with Travis Homer back last week, he still uh, led the team in routes run. So Ken Walker, it's hard to poke any holes in this spot because the game total is one of the highest on the slate. Yeah, this was a week where, or when these two teams played, Metcalf and Lockett were super popular and they failed. Um, the tight ends are also, I think, going to have some roster percentage. Even Noah Fant, he's 2,900 on DK. He saw seven targets when they play. Like, I, I think... Ertz is going to have some roster percentage. So there's not a lot of places in this game where I say like, okay, you're going to get really sneaky from the field. So then that tells me if it's going to be popular, I need to be able to find other spots to get more contrarian. And we'll talk about those other games. But yeah, for me, it's real simple. I'm going to play Kyler and Hopkins and then bring it back with another piece in Seattle. Or on the Seattle side, I'm going to just play two Seattle pieces. Maybe it's Walker and Metcalf. And then bring it back with, you know, Hopkins or Ertz. Like, I'm not trying to get too cute. Any thoughts on Eno Benjamin? Well, we got to see what happens with James Conner. Who knows? Uh, Cliff. Cliff got a cliff. He's been day-to-day for the past three weeks. So, that's fun. Um, dealing with the rib issue. He is practicing this week. He practiced last week for what it's worth. So, we'll need to see what happens, of course, there. But, yeah, I mean, Eno would look a lot stronger this week if uh, James Conner is out, obviously. Not just because of Connor, but Daryl Williams was just placed on IR as well. So he would essentially have the entire backfield to himself. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's he's a fair price. If he had the entire backfield, I'd be interested for sure. I just love that when Hopkins returned in this game, it was really clear. Like, And that's what you saw with Miami too. Like, hey, let's force feed our best players. Let's go into Madden mode and just keep targeting them over and over and over again. We love that for DFS. So... He's awesome. I think he's a great play on both sites, despite Seattle having a good matchup. Like, he's just going to be force-fed 10, 11-plus targets. Give me your Vegas take on this game. I'm kind of surprised the Cardinals are favored. Aren't you? I'm going to take the Seahawks, plus two. I'm going to take the Seahawks, plus two as well, because Arizona historically is a terrible home team, and these two defenses are in very different places. Um I also just, it's really easy to fade Cliff Kingsbury. Like, it's fun to do it. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's not hard to do. And I'm reminded this almost every single lunch here at the Fantasy Footballers. Jason and Mike and Andy always remind me that this dude's under contract for a while with a quarterback who's under contract for a while with a GM that's under contract for a while. So you're not going to be getting anything different from the Cardinals for a while. This is... This, what you see is what you get. This is it. All right, next game, we mentioned it earlier, the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. The Green Bay Packers are three-and-a-half-point road favorites, and this game is right around that 50 total that we like. These are two NFC North teams, both on losing streaks. The Lions, well, we're used to it. They've lost five in a row, and Dan Campbell has a solid, a solid 16% win percentage as the Lions head coach. (laughs) Great locker room guy, though. You remember when people were saying Dan Campbell is a great bet for coach of the year. Do you remember this conversation? Sure do. Do you remember when people were steaming up our lions, they were calling them as, and restoring the roar. Do you remember this? <laughs> Wasn't that long ago, back in August. And do you remember last thing I'm going to say bets is that when that was getting steamed up, how did your boy Kyle respond? You said, I'm taking the under on everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I, this isn't a told you so this is more of my personality. You, you, I don't even know if there's like full football analysis there. That was just like, oh, the, the Lions are gaining steam, you know, after they were on TV for a while at Hard Knocks and everyone likes them. Oh, easy fade for me. So, yes, I, I 
No, not the Lions. But we need to mention the Packers have also lost four in a row. It's the first four-game losing streak for Rodgers since 2016 when he famously said, we can run the table, and they didn't lose the rest of the year until the NFC title game. Do you have trust in the Packers because they have been boring? They've also just not been good, like flat out. I have an under on their win total. That looks incredible right now. It was 11 and a half. It turns out when you try to replace Devonta Adams with a four-year player in an FCS school and Sammy Watkins, it doesn't work out for you. Who would have thought? But as we said, this matchup is a dream matchup. Every team that plays the Lions has a great game. They are so, so bad, allowing 27-plus points to every opponent they have faced at home. The Packers, no surprise, sitting at a 26-and-a-half team total. I think I want to play a Packer in almost all my lineups just because that's how bad the Lions are. Just a matter of how you do it. I mean, I think Aaron Jones is going to be pretty popular. We know Rodgers is going to be decently popular. And that means his stacking partners will probably be popular too. So you're looking at guys like Lazard, Romeo Dobbs. They're all in play. Um, for me, it's just a matter, again, of like what does the roster percentage report look like over the weekend? Because... I want to play it, but I don't want to go into too much roster percentage. That's kind of the take-home for me is I'm, I'm playing some Packers this week. Yes, I, I think there are a couple of routes to this game. I think the Packers should win. So, spoiler alert, I would take Packers minus three and a half. I, I think that what I'm scared of is this team spreading the ball out where Aaron Jones gets a touchdown, A.J. Dillon gets the run of like 13-plus carries, and he gets in the end zone. Tanya gets a touchdown. Like, it ends up with Rodgers just kind of being meh, like QB 13, 14 level. And that's not great. Like, that's not going to give me the ceiling I want. So I'm asking, am I going to get a ceiling outcome from Aaron Rodgers, who I mentioned earlier? No three down, three touchdown game this year. The last two seasons when he was MVP, he did that 18 times. And I haven't seen it once. So this is the matchup to do it. If you were going to play Rodgers on FanDuel, how would you stack it? Yeah, I mean, it's all about touchdowns over there, right? So I think... Aaron Jones is probably going to be top three in terms of popularity on FanDuel because of his price. And it's an incredible price. So it's clearly a good play. But if you are going to go with Rodgers, like I probably want to stack him with Bob Tunyon because of the touchdown upside and Alan Lazard because that's what he does. Um, Lazard is tied with Aaron Jones for targets inside the 10 yard line for that team. So if I want touchdowns, to me, those are the two names. Would you consider double stacking? So Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and then, you know, Lazard or Tunyon? with that yeah i think if i'm gonna i think if i'm gonna play a roger stack for me on fanduel like it's probably just about the leverage off of aaron jones so i don't know that i would even include him i'd probably go with lazard and uh, lazard and dobbs or lazard and tunyon and then the easy bring back on the other side is amon Ra. we mentioned earlier i think he's a solid play on both sites he's underpriced on fanduel and then on DraftKings, that's his skill set the running backs this is a great spot against a run funnel team, the Packers, that, you know, it looks great, but Dan Campbell, our boy, came out and said we gave too many carries to DeAndre Swift. We all laughed about it. He didn't practice Wednesday. He did practice on Thursday. But I kind of like Jamal Williams. Like, they're, they're giving him carries inside the five. He's kind of priced up to a range where I don't think people will be playing him because Jones will be more popular on the other side. And, yeah, it's in a revenge game for Jay Willie. We know that matters more than anything. It's that and the t-shirt model that matter the most. Um, I like him too, man. I mean, you look at what every running back has done against Green Bay. They have had success. Last week, Devin Singletary, who I would say is like a league average running back. He's good. He's not great. Was just gashing them run after run after run. That is what they want you to do. 
And they just, you know, we talked about it. Dan Campbell said DeAndre Swift got too many carries. He got five last week. Jamal Williams is going to see carries when they get in close. It's never a question if it's Swift or, or Williams. It's always Williams. Second in the league in carries inside the 10-yard line. I would not be shocked if he comes away with two touchdowns in this spot. So to me, he looks like a, a gold star GPP play of the week. I think he'll go overlooked. I'm seeing less than 10% right now in the early runs. The Lions want to run the ball. They rank eighth in first half rush rate and ninth while leading and trailing in the second half. So regardless of the game script, Dan Campbell wants to run the ball. There is a spoiler alert. It hasn't worked very well for you, Danny, but I'm com- <laughs> Danny. I, like, I like that you're committed to this process. The Lions have played a lot of close games, and that's at least something you can hang your hat on. You know, they lost by three to your Eagles. Remember that uh, week one? They kind of came back and made it a little bit closer. Uh, lost by four to the Vikings. Lost by three to the Seahawks. And then just by four last week to the Dolphins. So you hope this is a close game. The line is great, but I'll still take the Packers at three and a half. Is that your take? Yep. Give me Green Bay. All right. Final game that we're going to talk about here. And it is the two coolest teams in the league. Los Angeles Chargers at my Atlanta Falcons. And my son's favorite team is the Chargers. So this could not be any better. The Chargers are three-point road favorites. And the over-under is set at 49.5. These two teams could not be more different in terms of their offensive philosophy. Like We know that the Chargers are up in pass rate. And we know that the Falcons just want you to gouge your eyes out for how much they run the ball. Is there a conundrum here when we think about pace of play and how this game is going to work from a game flow perspective? Like, I like the total. I love that the defenses stink. The Chargers defense is way worse than you think. 31st in points per game allowed. Is there a route for this game hitting the over? But also, is it very dangerous where this game could just be a slog fest if the Falcons get the lead? Yes, that's definitely possible. And I could see both arguments. So, you know, I'm not going to go all in on this game in every lineup that I'm going to play for DFS this week. But from a tournament perspective, it looks insanely appetizing. You talked about, we know the Falcons defense. They are god awful. The Chargers are almost just as worse. So you have two bad defenses with very competent offenses. That sounds like DFS success to me. Like you said, the only issue is like, can you see the Chargers having a down week with no wide receiver talent? Absolutely. Can you see the Falcons getting out to a lead and running the ball like crazy? Absolutely. So there are outs here, but at the same time, you know, we play for ceiling outcomes in DFS. So we want to talk about, I think, how you would stack this game from a smart perspective. Kyle, I know we've been talking about this a lot in Slack. I'm in on Marcus Mariota this week. I'm scared to say it. I'm so excited to play Marcus Mariota this week, not only because of what we're going to talk about right now, but from a leverage perspective, Justin Fields is the same exact salary on DraftKings. Right. Price point pivot, it makes so much sense. So talk to the people about your quarterback of the future, your MVP, the best quarterback in the league, Marcus Mariota. Oh, man. I So I've looked at this game. I wrote it up in the Pace of Play article. The weird thing about the Falcons is you kind of have to, you know, we get a lot of a lot of crap out there that says, all right, they don't throw the ball enough. But when they throw the ball, these are actually high-value targets. Like these are down the field targets that you're getting for Kyle Pitts or Drake London. Now they don't catch them very much, but they're at least (laughs) something worth looking at where Justin Herbert on the other side, he ranks 34th and eight among quarterbacks. Like it's, it's a different game. And without the other receivers, like I think you can make an argument that you could play Marcus Mariota in both cash or tournament. I think in cash doesn't make sense. Play Justin Fields, but as a tournament pivot, 
there's a lot to like here for a player that's going to run the ball. And Seattle, I mean Seattle, Los Angeles has just been terrible. I was looking up where he's at with his deep targets. Did you know that he has more deep attempts than Patrick Mahomes? Marcus Mariota. I looked it up yesterday because I was trying to figure out his dot, and I was shocked to see him fourth in the league among qualified quarterbacks as far as dropbacks. I think I sorted it by like 100 dropbacks. He was fourth in the league in dot. So, yeah, I believe it. He's throwing the ball deep, and that means DFS upside, which is what we're looking for. So how would you stack? Is it just Mariota and pick either Pitts or London? I think it's got to be a single stack. You know, it's got to be a, a skinny because you're looking for Mario to run the ball. I mean, he's got uh, six plus rush attempts in every game except for one. So you're counting on him to hit his ceiling in that outcome. But what I'm looking for as far as Mariota is the deep ball because we talked about his dot. It's fourth in the league. It's over 10 yards. The Chargers rank 28th in DVOA when defending deep passes that travel 15 plus yards down the field. So I'm looking for a player on the Falcons who runs those deep, deep routes. The issue is... They rotate. I mean, they, one week it's Demir Bird, one week it's Olamide Zacchaeus, then it's Rick London. So I don't have a great lean on which guy you should play, but I'm probably going to mix in a couple uh, lineups that have a stack with Mariota and Drake London. I'm going to mix in a couple with Kyle Pitts, especially because the tight end slate is terrible. And I'm going to throw a dart in large field GPP on someone like Zacchaeus or Demir Bird at 0.8% roster percentage. It's hard because with Cordero Patterson coming back, we have another player that feels like it's going to muddy their waters, and we don't know officially if he's going to be back. But the running backs feel like they kind of cancel each other out. There's no real ceiling with Tyler Algier or Caleb Huntley because they don't really catch the ball a ton. I, I'm i just going to be skinny stacking here and then picking somebody on the Chargers side, Eckler or you know probably not Josh Palmer because he's been too popular, but... There's a lot of different ways you can go on the Falcon side, which is more than what I thought it was going to be. On the Chargers side, what are you doing with Herbert? Because I feel like he's going to... He's not someone that's talked about a lot considering how great the matchup is. Yeah, the matchup is incredible. I mean, it's not just like the Falcons are giving it up. They're giving it up like head and shoulders above every other defense as far as what quarterbacks are doing to them. Just look at what P.J. Walker did last week. P.J. Walker went absolutely bananas last week. So... On paper, it's great, but you could argue on this entire slate, including, you know, Sunday, Monday games and stuff like his supporting cast at wide receiver for Justin Herbert is like bottom three in the league right now. I mean, we also don't talk about it, but Jalen Guyton kind of mattered for this offense as far as a deep threat. He's gone, too. So, like, it's going to be our boy Jason Moore out there running routes. DeAndre (laughs) Carter is just a replacement level talent. And Josh Palmer, we'd like for what he is, but he's not really an alpha. So, like, I just have a hard time seeing how Herbert hits a ceiling outcome here. So truthfully, I don't have a ton of interest in him despite the matchup being incredible. As we've gone on this week, you and I have talked about this game a lot on Slack. Is is it weird that I'm starting to have more and more confidence of the Falcons at home? They're going to, they're probably going to put up 10 points because that's how this works. That, that is true. That I, you're, <laughs> both of these, but teams, I do have confidence as well. I took them on the money line to win. Both of these teams are like the most disappointing teams if you get your hopes up. The Chargers have done that for years. They did that for years with Rivers. The Falcons, trust me. Uh, I know Vikings fans feel the same. Like the Vikings are one of those tease teams that are like, oh, we're good enough to be all right, and then we're just going to let it down. But I right now would take the Falcons and the points. Or you like Falcons' money line. Yeah, I took them. I mean, it's a field goal. It's trended in the right direction as well um for the falcons so i think 
that kind of seems like the the right play, in my opinion, which means it's definitely going to be the wrong play. Before we go into our props, let's talk about some slate breakers. And our sponsor this week is a very special one. It took me a while to solidify the sponsor. It's pretty generic, but uh, because there's lots of different brands out there, but it's Pogs. Did you play Pogs as a kid? Oh, yes, sir. I haven't heard about Pogs in 15 years. Well, it's out there. They're, they're, they're still, you know, farting around looking for sponsors on DFS show. Uh, you know, a good slammer playing Pogs with your friends. And I will say I had a, one of my favorite things was a Pog maker. And so I would get my baseball cards, like my extras, and just make Pogs, like circular Pogs, out of my baseball cards. I never heard of that being a thing. I guess I was a little younger. My brother was super into Pogs, so I was kind of into it because he was. But I didn't know you can make your own. What a awesome, awesome idea that someone came up with and said, let's take cardboard and sell it to kids in this little <laughs> small fashion, and they'll like it a ton. I mean, those things are the must be the cheapest thing ever made. The 90s, man. What a decade. All right, our Slate Breakers this week brought to you by Pogs. You and I are correlating here. We're, we're uh, correlation bros. That's what we preach all the time, right? I mean, give me the Minnesota-Washington game. We didn't really talk about that game stack. I think it's kind of sneaky on the slate. Um, I like the fact that the Vikings are exactly what they thought we w- they would be in the preseason. We talked about their pass rate. They are sixth in pass rate over expectation on the year. More importantly, they are second in pass rate over expectation in the red zone. So when they get in close, Kirk Cousins is throwing the football. And that means Justin Jefferson is my slate breaker this week. He is expensive. He's 8,600 on DraftKings. However, Washington is 28th in pass defense DVOA. They are 27th in in explosive pass rate allowed. Where Justin Jefferson wins is down the field. I love him this week. I think he goes a little overlooked in tournaments. Not going to be completely unrostered. Maybe somewhere in the range of like 9 to 12. Um, But as far as what I would look for for him, that's when I want to play him. So give me Justin Jefferson. I think he breaks the slate this week. Let's go 127 and 2. I'll take that. That's fine. That that's fine for a slate breaker. I will correlate with someone on the other side, the Commanders Terry McLaurin, who I mean, you are you've been a truther for a long time, my friend. A long time. Yeah, it's been rough. There were some good good years early on. Then I had to quiet down for a bit, but we're back, baby. What if I told you that dating back to last year? So this is, you know, this is great data here. Terry McLaurin has a 26% target share with the Heine. Now we're talking. Yeah, and compared to Carson Wentz, just 16%. Minnesota's secondary is pretty vulnerable. 28th against fantasy wide receivers, allowing the second highest yards per attempt, and even better, the highest rate of 15-plus yard receptions. The big plays. It's what he did last week. They won the game against the Colts. It was awesome. Terry McLaurin, Justin Jefferson, our slate breakers of the week, brought to you by Pogs. I'm so glad that I can introduce that sponsor. Prop it like it's hot. I had to transition us out because I couldn't hold it together just thinking about Pogs. <laughs> All right. If you want to get more of our props every single week in the DFS Pass, we have a full article out. You can also get alerted in our Discord channel. We have two juicy props that we're going to share. Bets, why don't you start us off? Yeah, sometimes I think people make prop betting a little bit harder than it needs to be. I'm going to keep taking this line as long as they put it out there. Jalen Waddle over 67 and a half receiving yards. The reason I am taking it is because in every game Tua has started and played without leaving early, he has cleared this mark. And it's not just by a little bit. 
He is averaging 110 yards per game when Tua starts and plays the entire game. Tyreek Hill getting all the headlines for the right reason, but Jalen Waddle also is crushing. Again, gone over this mark in every game with Tua. I will take it here over 67.5 against the Bears. I just ran to my DraftKings Sportsbook app and placed that wager just because I'm just now seeing it. But, a man, if there was ever a prop to bet, this is it. Jason Myers over one and a half field goals. Who? Yep, that's right. The Seahawks kicker bets. Is this the lock of the century? You know what you do with this game? This is the, this is the hedge right here. This is a happiness hedge. Okay, you play a few DFS lineups, and you play it as if the game goes bonkers. In that case, the field goals probably aren't there. But you also bet Jason Myers over one and a half. If the field goals hit, the game fails, you're still getting out even, maybe with a profit. So talk to me. Why Why are you betting field goal props on this show? Well, I love betting field goal props, and I would say that I have a very good track record on this show of field goal props. Am I right? Evan McPherson, 2021, yeah. baby. But he's not our guy anymore. McPherson no, is old No, he's old news. news. We don't need him anymore. Jason Myers is a guy. No, but for real, what if I told you that he's cleared this mark six games in a row? What does that tell you? I would believe it because I have him in a, a home league. I've been playing him every week. I'm telling you. So I, I'm beyond just that statistic, Arizona's defense is not good. It's in a dome. And Jason Moore just made him the boom-boom kicker of the week. So I don't know if that changes your your thoughts on things, bets. I mean, that's a that's a five-unit play now that I know that. <laughs> That's that's a house. That's a that's a pink slip. That's racing slip. Do it all. Oh yeah, buddy. All right, let's get in a couple questions before we finish. Mailbag. If you want to send in your questions, bets is at the fantasy PT. I'm at Kyle underscore Borg. But the best place to get your questions answered is the Discord channel for those that have the DFS pass or members at jointhefoot.com. This first one from Twitter comes from Grant Robinson twenty two. How in are we on Donta, as in Donta Foreman? He's 6,000 on DraftKings, 7,300 on FanDuel. Is he a priority play for you, Bets? He kind of was a good play. Uh, not kind of. He was a great play last week. And a lot of the reason I played him in a couple of tournaments was because of leverage on DJ Moore at the same price point. It turns out they both were incredible, so it didn't really matter. But now I'm not in on him. And because his price is up, you know, 6K on DraftKings, you're passing on guys like Ramondre or Joe Mixon or Ken Walker or any of those guys to try to fit him in. Um, and then on FanDuel, 7,300, it's a fair price, but Chuba Hubbard is probably back this week. And so when a guy has a great game, comes up in price, and he's not a guy that necessarily we hang our hat on, you know, most weeks, it's generally an easy fade. Uh, they are seven and a half point underdog. So I don't know if this game script is going to be there for down to Foreman. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like when he when he was 5200, 5300 on DraftKings, you could tell yourself a story. The matchup was even better last week against the Falcons, and Chuba Hubbard was out. So if if Chuba's back, there's just so many reasons to not say he's a priority play. Sure, throw him in a tournament lineup if you think he's a good pivot, but I wouldn't say he's elite by any means this week. He is a very very fun player to have on your dynasty roster because he was chilling on mine, just chilling on the bench. And now he's like my RB2, and I'm just riding him <laughs> every single week, no matter what, until the wheels fall off. Next question from at underscore big easy. How early do you lock in your lineups? I know there will be last-minute changes based on injury status, but I find myself toying with my lineups up until game time. I can't help myself. 
it, it kind of depends. If we're waiting for some late news, especially on like not just inactives, which come out an hour and a half before, but um, a player that's playing through injury or something, and there's a report of like, oh, he's only going to get half the snaps or, or whatever the report might be, then it matters and I do change and adjust. But I would say like generally my cash lineup is pretty locked um, Sunday morning. And then I'll, I'll set my tournament lineups kind of throughout the morning on Sunday. But I would say by like 1230, I'm pretty locked in, not trying to do any last minute tinkering. At that point, I step away and let the chips fall where they may. I think by Saturday night of my nine spots, I probably have six of them already just fully locked in. Um, there's not much that would change that. And then going into Sunday morning, I pretty much know like here's my like 2v2 swaps right here. Like am I playing you know, this week? Is Am I playing Josh Allen and this person or am I playing Fields and another? And at that point, I think you and I will know by Saturday night, am I playing Fields or Allen? And it kind of depends on if more value opens up. That's the only reason I think Allen becomes even more viable. But a lot of people will be playing Fields, so don't feel bad if you're just like, I'm just going to play him. And then if you want to play Allen in tournaments and just, you know, do onslaught bill stacks, like that's another way, another happiness hedge for you if you're sweating that out. But I would say don't tinker too much. You'll overthink it. Um, And then one of the things I like to do, and I see people do this all the time in our Discord channel, is take your two lineups that you're deciding between and look at their projections, look at the touches, look at the targets, everything else and your salary and just kind of go back and forth and you at least have that in front of you as opposed to just staying in the app. I feel like the app, if that's the only thing you're doing to look at your lineups, you're doing yourself a disservice. So we have some great tools in the DFS pass, including points per dollar projections, which are pretty great. Next question, Chris Lee. What advantage do you get between small field and large field in cash? For example, I'm looking at a double up game with the same settings, single entry, but one is up to 2K field in size, the other is up to 17K. Does it matter? Oh, Chris, my brother. This matters a lot. This matters a ton. Uh, and the 17K field size, especially if it's single entry double up, there are going to be a lot more people making mistakes. It's just when you have more people that you're playing against, you invite a lot more casuals, especially at lower stakes. So every week I enter those. I'm trying to pick off easy wins. Those are the easiest ones to cash in versus a 2000 field size you know, person. Not talking tournaments, just cash double up. It's harder to cash relative to the weaker field because it's, it's larger, if that makes sense. Yes. And I just need to reiterate, I get these questions every time on Twitter and sometimes I throw it in the dock or not. Once again, when we say cash, we are saying double ups, 50 fifties or head to heads. All right. So where you're just trying to be better than 50% of the field, that's that, that's cash. We talk about cash a lot. We have tons of articles. I would encourage people if you're like, what do they mean by that? Uh, you can find it on the face footballer site and in the DFS pass couple more questions here. These will kind of lump together. Bets, do you have a favorite low price tournament dart throw or a cheap receiver or tight end this week that you're like, let's go? So my quote unquote favorite, if I'm actually looking at projections and kind of who's going to be on the field playing is Zay Jones at 4,100 against Las Vegas. It's just that Vegas is so bad. Uh, They've allowed, I think it's five straight now teams to hit their implied total. So if you want leverage off of Travis Etienne, I like him as a dart throw. However, my gross, disgusting, close your eyes, don't watch the game play of the week is going to be Demir Bird at 3,500. We talked about it with the Chargers. We were chasing a deep target, a deep bomb. 
Uh, he's tied for the team league in 20 plus yard targets this year. He is going to see maybe three targets max. So it's a complete large field only type of play where like you're playing him in like the million maker or something like that at 1%. That is the only place I would try to play a guy like that. But as a dart throw, sign me up in a game that we like. Demir Bird is a fun DFS player because you're really only hoping for one bomb. Like that's all you're going to get. Right. And you have one shot and you don't want to miss your chance. I mean, the opportunity, some would say it comes once in a lifetime. Someone should write a song about that. They should. Uh, I'll give you a couple of names. A tight end, I really like Dawson Knox. I think he's going to be under the radar a little bit um, because in cash, he never projects super well for volume. But on a TD-dependent site like FanDuel, I will be playing Dawson Knox. So he's a tight end that looks a little different, that might not get as much carryover. And, man, I'm going to I'm gonna bring it back. Bring it back old school here. Dude, what if I told you my tournament dart throw of the week is Marv Jones? <laughs> We're thinking the exact same thing, aren't we? We're thinking that there's going to be a Jaguars receiver, not named Christian Kirk, that goes off this week. And... Yeah. The Raiders are a great matchup. He's still seeing the highest percentage of air yards on the team. So if I want a deep target, if I want an explosion of, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown at 1%, I mean, Marvin Jones, look this up right now. In the roster percentage report, I bet he is half a percent. Like nobody's nobody's going to be playing Marvin Jones this week, except for the people listening to this podcast, and they're going to be like flushing their money down the toilet. What What is, yep. is he 1% <laughs> under that? Uh, 0.8 is currently what I'm okay. Saying. Okay, you know, it's, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Um, one of those Jaguars receivers we really like. We think that they can pay off. Last question here: What do you do to get out of a slump? This one's from Hovaverse on Discord. It feels like since week two that this person's hit less and less. Is it just a matter of going back to the basics, or maybe switching up contest selection? Yeah, this question is one that I think is really important to to kind of figure out for each person, but. What I would recommend just in, as a general recommendation is, yeah, play less volume, go to easier contests as far as small field tournaments, um, as far as the cash lineups, and, you know, for a week or two or three, stop playing in those large field lottos. They're just harder to cash in. So if you are losing a lot and you're playing in those smaller contests, cash lineups, stuff like that. Don't feel bad that you've hit a slump. And go back to the thing that gives you life with DFS. So I do like tournaments, but I do find that if I have three or four weeks in a row where it's not going so well, like, okay, cash and constructing the cash lineup is my favorite part of DFS. It's my favorite part of tweaking and going back and forth, talking to bets, like find a friend. And, and that's kind of what you get to go back and forth with. Uh, find some people on Discord. They will sh share with you that not everybody has huge winning screenshots every single week. And some people are playing for small amounts. That's totally fine. A win is a win. So that's probably my best advice I would give you. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. It will direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg, plus bets. You can join our 600-person contest. And even better, this Monday night will be a special Monday night-only contest called Party on a Monday because that's when we know all the real parties are happening, right? Oh, dude, Monday's best day of the week. Am I right? Yeah, I mean... You know, when you're with the crew and you're just trying to kick it, it's a Monday night. That that's what's going to be happening when you and I are in the retirement home one day. We're like, dude, Monday <laughs> night, four thirty. That party is going to be <laughs> awesome. In bed by seven. <laughs> and you and I are going to be playing DFS. We're going to be we're going to be talking 
about <laughs> really lame people on a Monday night. It's not going to be that cool. This but, podcast will go on until we're 70. Oh, I thought I, I'm going to win the Millie Maker this week and just log out. Oh, okay. Then we're done next week. And log out. Yes, but play with us. Our Monday night, just a reminder, on Monday night, we're going to be live on Discord at 5 p.m. Eastern. We're going to talk through Ravens and Saints. It will be a grand old time. You don't want to miss it. Bets, sign us off. Yeah, man, I'm excited about that uh, Monday night contest and the content we're going to have for it in Discord. Make sure you're in there. But more importantly, we got a main slate to win. So good luck this weekend to all of you. DFS Pass is updated throughout the weekend, so check it out. DFSPass.com. Go win the Millie. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.